Welcome to another story podcast from The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson. We're the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. Earlier this year, we had the pleasure of working with students from Southwest Open School in Cortez and also Animus High School in Durango for a youth storytelling project called The Talent Tales. Big thanks goes to Nate Osgood, a teacher at Southwest Open School, and Allie Johnson, who's a teacher at Animus High School, for helping us on this project featuring the voices of youth in our community. The story you're about to hear was told by Parker Smith, who's a sophomore at Animus High School. He's always hated public speaking, he says, so much so that his parents thought he was mute for a time in elementary school. He prefers to express himself through math, photography, outdoor sports, and mime. And when he grows up, he wants to be a mad scientist. Here's Parker's story. All right, so to start this out, I'm going to explain my family a little bit. My dad is the same person as me, just a little bit taller. He's a very logical thinker, really quiet, keeps to himself. My sister's five foot two, about this tall, and loves to cry. It's like her favorite pastime. <laughs> My mom's about five foot two as well, little Mexican lady, and she really likes to yell at me and my sister. Me for not crying and my sister for crying. <laughs> very determined person. I've seen her make a six foot five, 200 pound man cry while working in the oil field. I was scared for my life that day. Anyways, uh, last year, January 9th, uh, it was our first day back at school um, after Christmas break. And it was just a traditional day at school. I was back to hating school, even though I thought I wanted to be back. And uh, I went home, and nobody really gets home until like 8.30 at night usually, and it was like 9.30, and I was like, that's weird, like nobody's called, like what's going on? And my sister called and said, don't worry, and if my sister says don't worry, the exact thing you should do is worry. So I was like freaking out, and she was like, we'll be home in a minute, and I was like, okay, you got to tell me something. But she just hung up, and I was like, okay, I'll just wait for them to get home, I guess. And they got home, and I heard the door open, and I hear my sister crying as usual, and then I heard my mom crying. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. And I had no idea what was going on. And then my dad came in, and he had a more serious face than normal. And I was like, okay, guys, like, what's going on? And my mom said, well, on my way home from work, I stopped at urgent care and they took a chest x-ray and they found a mass in my chest. And I was like, what kind of mass? Like a mole or like, and they're like, no, like a large mass, like probably cancer. We have to go to the emergency room right now so they can run more tests. And at first I was like, no, probably not. Maybe you have pneumonia or something like this can't happen this fast. So we all got in the car and drove to the hospital and I sat in the waiting room and they took my mom back and my sister and dad went with her. And I sat there for three hours and there was no update. People were coming in and out of the emergency room and I didn't know what to think. And they called me back and in my experience with the emergency rooms, if they allow more than two people back there, it's probably not for a good thing. And I started freaking out, like, 
what is going on? Like, am I going to lose my mom? I really don't even know this person other than she likes to yell at me for not doing my homework and playing video games. Like, I had no idea what was going on. And they went and sat me down, and there wasn't a doctor or a nurse in there, and then I was really confused. And we sat there for a couple minutes, and the doctor walked in and just looked at all of us and said, we think your mom has cancer. And that time it really hit me, but this time like a train like straight to the chest going like 400 miles an hour and I couldn't breathe or anything. And my sister really couldn't breathe and she passed out. So then we had my mom in a bed attached to a bunch of stuff and my sister in another bed next to her attached to a bunch of stuff. We looked like a very dysfunctional family. Doc, nurses, my family copes with bad things with jokes. So we were joking with all the nurses that we had two people in one room to save money. <laughs> and they started laughing at us and making jokes with us. But anyways, back to when the doctor first told us, my sister started crying and I didn't know what to do. So I was just sitting there staring at the clock and my dad had tears in his eyes and that was a new thing too. And then my sister started bawling, and about 15 seconds of that, and my mom stood up, sat up from her bed, looked at all of us and said, okay, we're done crying. What are we going to do to fix this? And I was like, did you not just hear what she said? Like, you have cancer. Like, we can take a little bit of time to mourn or something at least. And she was like, nope, we're getting to it. And the doctor was astonished. Like, wait, did you hear what I said? And I was like, yeah, I agree with this lady. <laughs> like, come on. And she was like, nope, I heard what you said. Let's run some tests and let's figure out exactly what this is and get on it. And we're all just speechless and didn't know what to say, so we started getting on it. And the doctor sent in the nurses to run more tests, and they sent me and my sister home for the night and got my mom in a room. And we got back home, me and my sister, and I opened the door, and my sister just started bawling like I had never seen before. She was on the floor just in the fetal position, just bawling. And I couldn't get her up and I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to feel. So I just picked her up like a baby, like just in my arms. And it was like a super bonding moment, but then at the same time really weird because I was like, I'm holding my sister. She's crying at the front door. Like, what are the neighbors thinking? <laughs> and we started walking up the stairs to where our rooms were and the stairs were never ending. And not because of the weight of my sister, I think just the weight of the world had been put on my shoulders, it felt like. And anyways, finally made it up the stairs. Next day, got up at six, showered and everything, and went straight back to the hospital. And they told us that my mom had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which apparently, if you want cancer, that's the cancer to get. Don't know why you would ever want cancer, but and within a week she had her first chemo treatment and I remember walking into the room thinking like this place is gonna suck like it's just gonna smell like death and be filled with sad people like I was sad like it's understandable and I walked in the room and right away they handed me a piece of candy and I was like what is this like kindergarten or something and then I looked around and everybody's smiling and there's a fancy fish tank across from me with all these colorful fish. 
and people were laughing and I was like, what is going on? It smelled like an OxyClean commercial. I was like, this is so weird. And they sat my mom down and like started explaining things to us. And I just remember just looking around and like staring at people, probably freaking them out. Like, are you really smiling right now? Like, is this a joke? Like, I felt like it was like the Truman Show and like everybody was watching me. I was like, this is weird. And we started talking to the people sitting around my mom. There's probably 14 or so people in the room. And we had a group of like seven people and made like a little hippie circle and we're talking to each other about our feelings and everything. <laughs> it was really weird. And, but it felt like I had known these people forever. Like we were talking about politics and where they lived and trying to plan barbecues. And it was only the first two hours of knowing them. And I was like, what is happening? Normally I wouldn't even talk to these people, but they knew everything about me and I knew everything about them. And my mom had chemo treatment every other Tuesday, and I remember just being so excited to miss school and go hang out in the chemo room. <laughs> Never thought I would say that. I was, <laughs> but it was my favorite place. And this one day, Ginger, she always sat next to me, and I would go get her... Um, a juice and some crackers and she just started crying one day and we were like what's going on like you aren't allowed to cry here that's not part of the rules <laughs> and she looked up at all of us and just said you guys are my family like nobody else comes with me but I'm excited to see you guys every week and I text you guys and I tell you about what's going on in my life and then everybody else started crying and I was like of course my sister was crying, but then her crying, I started crying, and I was like, oh no, I hate crying, like, worst thing in the world for me. And we finally got through all of the chemo treatments, all 12 of them, and um, at the end they told us there's a chance that a new cancer comes back because of the chemo, and this one's immune to, the, to chemotherapy and it freaked the heck out of me. And my instinct was to push my mom away in case something happened. And I knew the best way to do that was to stop being myself, so I stopped turning in homework. Uh, I stopped playing video games even. I stopped using my camera. Um, I let a couple of my grade, grades drop to a 16%, and usually my grades are at like 116%. And I stopped doing math which is really weird for me. That's like my favorite pastime, and I know that's weird, but like that was my way of calling out for help, I think. And that went on for a couple months, and my mom sat me down and just went, what the hell is going on, dude? And I didn't have anything to say, so I just started crying, and I was like, don't be like your sister right now, Parker, come on. And my mom started crying, and we just sat there crying together for a good hour and she got a purple marker out which I think is interesting because that's like the color of her cancer and she wrote find your joys and that hit me like a train all over again of just you can't focus on the fears like you have to find the joy in every moment find the joy in the chemo room find joys in math class find joys playing video games, whatever the situation is, look for the positive and it's okay to be sad and everything, but you have to look at the happy things that come because of it too.
Thank you, guys. Thanks, Parker, for telling that story. To hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can also leave comments and share these stories with your friends. And to find out what the themes will be at upcoming events and to pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives live storytelling event, go to our website at ravennarratives.org, check out the events page, and then fill out the form on the contact page to pitch your story. The Raven Narratives also offers group and one-on-one storytelling services to support organizations and businesses. More on those services is also on our website. You can also see a photo gallery of our storytellers there, taken by the incredible McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots Photography. Find out more about her photography services for shooting your portraits or special events at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org.